Oh man, and then you can Snapcaster Mage your fucking smallpox. Wow, and sacrifice the Snapcaster Mage. Extreme value. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60cards.com. Check us out. In 2010, a crack magic-playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for demise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-T. YT. I don't know about you guys, or I'm just mind-tricking myself constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Bush. They're of a different culture, KYT. They prefer their magic untainted by the internet. Smitty. There was plenty of guys in my high school who played magic at the time and were getting laid at the same time, but they sure as hell were in a chess club. Scotty. Then you just pull the fucking mind slaver and you just dome them with their own dude. That's entertainment. And now, the AG. Hey everyone, it's Jay Boosh here for the A-Team. And I'm here, obviously, with my co-host, Mr. Scotty Mack. <laughs> How's it going, guys? We also have a special guest, AJ Soccer. Has returned to the fold. How's it going, guys? It's alright. Is it, uh, is it soccer? Like, the sport? Yep. Okay. It is Sweet. indeed. It's Lots of people call not. you AJ Satcher, and I'm like, that's yeah. probably not that guy's name, but... No, I'm, I, I'm totally cool with it, like... Uh, I mean, I've had this name pretty much my whole life, so uh, mm. I've gotten used to all the ridiculous pronunciations. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. I just respond to all of them. Isn't but, that pretty sweet, though, that you got, like, AJ as the front end of that? Because that's pretty tough to screw up. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it, it is for yeah. Americans, but... Um, Does when, anybody call you Adj? Yeah, when when I would go overseas, <laughs> when I would go overseas they, they got it wrong all the time. Um, Adj sachet. Yeah, because so many, <laughs> your so, many countries, so many countries a J is a Y, so I got I a lot. Okay. I sachet. That's so I fucking or funny. A. Wow. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, we uh, we've got a uh, a bit of a show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about Innistrad. Uh, AJ is going to share with us why he knows absolutely nothing about it to date. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, we're going to take a bit of a bit of a dive into the 150 some odd cards that have been spoiled so far. So obviously we're not going to talk about all of them, but just the ones that don't terribly suck and some of the ones that horribly suck. Um, in addition to that, AJ is going to name the winner of the contest for the brainstorm. So we'll be sending those out uh, shortly as well. Woo! And uh, other than that, anything that happens to come up between now and then is fair game. So uh, without further ado, AJ, do you want to uh, give me that random number somewhere within that range? Okay, I will. I, I'm trying to go to random.org because I don't trust myself. <laughs> All right, here we go. 29. Okay, so starting from episode... 46, which was when you made your first appearance with us. One, two, three, four. I still get people who approach me about how much they enjoyed that episode. Really? That's sweet. Yeah. Wow. You know what's hilarious? Huh? 
I won. Oreo Corp is the winner. <laughs> nice. nice. Oreo Corp on Twitter. That's fantastic. Congratulations. You are the winner of AJ's Brainstorms. The Frenchest sounding Mexican I've ever met. <laughs> so you know, have you guys ever talked to him like live? I mean, no, no, just on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, he's like he sounds like a French person. Absolutely, he sounds like Frank Lepore even. <laughs> <laughs> so, congratulations, OreoCore. We'll uh, we'll have those out to you soon, and uh, feel free to at me directly uh, since I know that uh, I follow you and vice versa, and uh, we'll go forward with that. Okay. So one more thing, actually, that I want to mention real quick before we uh, get into the Innistrad details. Today was an interesting day in podcast history. It's uh, specially marked on a lot of podcasters' calendars as the day that uh, the podcast awards, which, and this is not like the, you know, MTG cast podcast awards like we had last time. So all of you out there that felt like we were being presumptuous, don't worry. This is legit. There's a website. There's some Todd Cochran has been doing this for about four years now. And, uh, oh, sorry, this is the seventh annual podcast awards nomination. So they just opened. Uh, you can go to podcastawards.com. I know that uh, Jesse's been tweeting us as well. And so what we'd like to do is we'd like to take a run this year. So if you go to that website, you will see that uh, there's a bunch of different categories that we can be nominated for. We can only be nominated for two categories. The nominations do not stack. So uh, if we, for example, uh, are asking you guys to vote for us for under the gaming section, and we're asking you to vote for us under the uh, best produced section, for example, uh, every vote for best produced obviously doesn't contribute towards gaming. So you have to make sure that you vote for both. Uh, please do not vote for us for any other categories. Uh, Jay, do you want to go best produced so that Carrie Dance can get some credit and gaming? Because that obviously is a natural fit. Or do we want to go people's choice in gaming? What do you think? Uh, I think I think that we should absolutely give it all the credit to Carrie Dan. Um, you know, I, think I mean, you guys should should try out for mature and religion inspiration. <laughs> Definitely religion inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're going to hell on. after listening to I this. Think you guys are she wins. We've had Medina <laughs> on like seven times. That's like that's like having Jesus on. <laughs> Like he's here, he's like he's like let there be, let there be fucks, or something. I don't know. I'm trying to make a religious joke, and they're, they're just bad jokes. I guess they're terrible. <laughs> they're terrible, dude. I'm sorry, but but you know what? You you bring up a good, a good point there, AJ. Like mature, we could probably go into right. Uh, that might might not be too bad because I mean you know we're going to be up but against... how many how many podcasts are there about like dicks and titties though? Well, that's my that's that what I'm saying. With right, like, I don't think there are that many. Like, I mean, do people really enjoy podcasts where it's just you know the audio recording of people having sex? Like, no, it's yeah. strange, right? What's their podcast from <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what about health and fitness? Oh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, public service announcement. You know, neck, <laughs> neck, neck beards and quadro and quad X's. I, I don't know. Perfect. <laughs> we always are kind of like bashing fat kids, though. That's true. Well, you know, comedy. Do we count under comedy? I, problem is, I don't think anybody that listens to us that doesn't know magic won't fucking get our humor. That's yeah, true. I, I think comedy casts as well. I think best produced is is got to be one of them. Okay, yeah. so we'll call it gaming and best produced then, right? Sure. 
Okay. So what we'll do is, so our podcast name, of course, is The A-Team, V-E-H Team. Uh, the podcast URL that we will supply will be our iTunes feed, which we will put in the show notes. So please make sure that you guys all vote. You can only vote once. So my assumption is is that you can only vote once. once. Per IP. Well, that you also have to put in your full name and email address. So if you've got multiple email addresses, then that's fine. Um, but yeah, they're definitely going to double check your IP and your hardware. So I would, uh, if you've got, you know, like iPads and computers and a work computer and, and an iPhone and an iPhone, you know, go ahead and go at all these different places. Just make sure you're not connected to Wi-Fi when you do it so that you can use the cellular IP and, uh, and that that should, uh, should help us. So voting ends, uh, at the end of the month. So we only have 15 days to log this in. Oh, shit. That's not going to work for us. Because hmm. this is probably not going to release in time. Fuck it. We'll make it work. Anyways. <laughs> we'll make it work. So get out there and vote. So if this does happen to get out and there's only three days left, get the fuck on it. That's what we'd like to do this year. I think Evan Irwin uh, went for these last year for best video podcast. And uh, I think he did pretty well. He was up in the running. So, I mean, if that's the power that he's got, I mean, we could surely at least get shortlisted. And that'd be something. the cards so you don't have to. <laughs> Tapping the cards so you don't have to. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah. So, that's, so, that'd be great. So, everyone, your support is, uh, is, is definitely desired there. That'd be fantastic. Standard is soon to be no more, so nobody is really giving a crap. I mean, you look at the Star City Circuit and everyone's deciding to play Mono Red while they can, so, you know, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, although it did really well, so, I mean, AJ, you obviously set the trend there. Yeah, I mean, Red's always around and the cards are, are there. It's just a matter of how you put them together. Yeah, so, that, uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, but... That's soon to be changing because Innistrad is around the corner. So we're going to lose all of our wonderful M11 cards and our Zendikar block cards, which we've all come to love and enjoy. Uh, Preordain, we will miss you. Uh, Ponder just doesn't get there. And uh, Squadron Hawk. Squadron Hawk, see ya. I'm actually really uh, lamenting the loss of um, both Lotus Cobra, I think, as well as uh, Everflowing Chalice, if I had to pick some strange ones. The, the mm. loss of Chalice is, is actually really uh, bigger than I thought it would be. But, you know, I like Tesseret, so that probably is no surprise. <laughs> so, because Fear of the Suns just doesn't do it. Just no. doesn't. Oh, wow. And uh, three mana is infinitely more than two. So, uh, that being the case, uh, there's been some spoilers that have come out from Innistrad. Um, I have been paying a bit of attention to them as they come out every morning over coffee. And I really like the flavor of the set. The artwork is really, really outstanding, and it does a really good job of, you know, reiterating that flavor. Um, but I'm really not sure where my heart lies in terms of the mechanics here that they're presenting uh, and the overall card quality. So, I mean, I'm going out on a limb here and saying that this is like Kamigawa Block all over again where, you know, it seemed really neat and it had a lot of flavor, but, you know, like KYT quit magic during Kamigawa Block, so what is I that? Actually love Kamigawa Block. I, I would not mind another Kamigawa Block. I think magic needs another Kamigawa Block. Well, it looks like we're probably Why? on the cusp of it here. What for? Why do we need that? Because power creep and 
lack of flavor. Well, this this definitely seems to have solved both of those problems. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. I mean, if, it's, if it's one thing this set has, it's like some kind of flavor for some reason and bad cards. Good. Bad yeah. cards is, is what good magic is made of. Well, I, I guess if you want to look at it from the perspective of, you know, you have to be able to do more with less instead yeah, of having... Exactly. Yeah, so I, that makes a lot of sense. Like, when I was looking over um, past sets, I felt like just every rare mythic and half the uncommons I was looking at, I could never beat and limited. Mm. Like, ever. No matter what. And uh, if if the power levels pulled back a little for this set, then I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, it definitely looks that way. My my only, uh, and I mean, we'll start to go through some of it in just a second, but I mean, uh, and you can tell us why this is the first time you've seen them. But I just feel like overall, uh, the way that the set is coming out, the decks, the deck building almost seems really obvious. You know, like that. I think that's my biggest vice with it because I really like, you know, being able to get creative. I mean, Scars Block was pretty good for that. You can take decks in about seventeen thousand different ways. And uh, people I, thought that um, Kamigawa Block was also like completely straightforward, but that block season was actually like what, people thought that everything was straightforward and that Gifts wasn't a deck, and it turned out to be like this huge expansive format. Where then once people found gifts and refined gifts, then everything else fell by the wayside because it was just way better than everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm hoping that the rest of the block is going to get us there. Uh, but out of the gate, and I mean, granted, there's only three quarters or only two thirds rather of the sets built at this point, right? Another so, good one was uh, lore, another good example is Lorwyn block. Everybody thought that uh, standard would just be these tribal decks, but Actually, the lands ended up being way more powerful than the tribal synergy cards, and yeah. the format was completely different than what people thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's it, true. Like looking at looking at spoilers and saying the format is going to be this or that is like pretty meaningless. Yeah, that and that's that's likely fair. Um, but you know, opinions are as they are. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. The mechanics I think are interesting. The the flip cards obviously have caused a lot of controversy. Yeah. Um, you know, people are are not wanting to uh, play Yu-Gi-Oh as it were. Yeah. And uh so we'll see how that ends up shaking out. I think that the biggest challenge is going to be, you know, drafting and and pro tour drafting, but you know, I think if they have their heads on straight then I mean, they go through all and prearrange all the packs anyway. So my guesstimate would be that they would just put the checklists in the draft packs. Uh I mean, I doubt it, but that is an option. I think the, like, the purpose of the Pro Tour is for them to showcase the new cards, mm. and I don't think that uh, they would go out of their way for the player's sake like that, rather than sort of throwing the players to under the bus so that they can show off the new cards. Gotcha. Well, then uh, it, it'll be very interesting to watch this uh, drafted for the first time in the, uh, in the Pro Circuit, unless that'll be something else. Yeah. So I guess this is your first venture into the spoilers. Do you want to tell us why somebody of your play caliber doesn't keep up on stuff like this? Okay, I'm a firm believer that context is pretty much everything when it comes to not only magic, but anything in life. I'm a big believer in context. And um, in magic specifically, uh, like, 
a magic card doesn't actually mean anything because you can't play four of them in 56 lands and call it a deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so without complete access to the entire card pool, um, every card means a little less. And when a hundred cards are missing, that means the entire card pool is basically pointless for, for a deck building standpoint. Because not only do you need to know what is surrounding your card of choice in your deck, but also its role in the metagame and what other decks you need to be prepared for. So it's like, like Baneslayer Angel, right? If you just look at Baneslayer Angel, it's an amazing card, amazing standalone card. It's got, you know, shock and awe value. It's, it's just ridiculous. It's abilities. It's, it's cost to, to power toughness ratio, et cetera, et cetera. But it was, it was tournament, tournament playable Acroma. Yeah. Like it, it, it's really, really good. Now, what if they spoil Bane Slayer? Everybody goes insane over it. And then the format is modern. Yeah, where it's turn two kills all the time. Yeah, then obviously that card is just garbage. Yep. So it's like, with, with, without that, uh, that context, judging cards becomes impossible, and I don't want to waste my time on what ifs. I'd rather just continue to work on what I'm able to work on, and then once I have complete information, then uh, dig into it. Because that's the other thing is, by looking at spoilers, you become biased uh, at, like, what comes out first. Like, the best, the or the first card that comes out that is very obviously a power level above everything else, like, the, the first obvious tournament staple, you're going to become so attached to it uh, in your head that it, you're gonna you're gonna exaggerate its actual power without viewing it inside of the context of a format, and that can skew your results really easily. Yeah, and I think that outside of the the clearly like there's some of them that become very obvious in their application in outside formats, like up Snapcaster Mage. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, that makes a lot of sense. I, I can see that. But I mean, that being said. That's not going to make for a very exciting episode if we uh, don't sit back and take a look at them. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy to look at some cards. I, I just wanted to, you know, preface it with uh, with that. Whatever we say today may very well be radically different come tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, what happens? What happens when we look at these cards and I'm like, oh, this four four angel for five looks pretty good, and then like the next round of previews is like Lotus and Moxin. That's fair. I mean, obviously well, that's exaggeration, but I, I, I mean, it, that stuff like that does happen. Sure. So when is the first time that you see cards then? Like, um, when do you allow yourself to look at them? Uh, well, it's not really allowing. Like, I'm not, I'm not tempted to look at cards. Um, it's more that it's more when I choose to look at them, and that usually comes when um, the the full visual spoiler comes up mm. because then everything is confirmed. So just before pre-release weekend. Yeah. And I also don't pre-release. So gotcha. Uh, I have that extra time to actually look at the set as a whole rather than trying to figure it out uh, piece by piece. Like to play. You don't pre-release. 
what, why, why would I pre-release? Well, it's like, don't you want to get as much experience as possible with the cards in a limited environment? No, because the limited environment at a pre-release is meaningless. Like, a good example of this is the Dissension pre-release. Uh, way back in the day, one of my first tournaments, this is back when I pre-released, and Dissension came out, and there were triple Dissension drafts and RGD drafts. And nobody knew how to draft either. Uh, I did, like, 50 um, triple Dissensions, and nobody drafted Rakdos. So you just took all of these Rakdos cards and won very easily. Yeah. So then the RGD drafts that came out the the next day and, you know, the next week, everybody thought that Rakdos was where you needed to be and forced the Rakdos colors in the first two sets to end up with a trifecta that involved red-black. And then it was just horribly overdrafted and nothing happens. Like, there's just these crazy metagame swings that don't actually mean anything. Whereas, if you, if instead of jumping into the pre-release and trying to win a match right now, if you take a step back and look at the set as a whole and sort of let it coagulate in your mind and, and, and really think about how the, the cards interact and how the games are going to play out, then you're going to be a step ahead once the metagame settles. Hmm. It's interesting because I know a lot of people have, have said they, they go to pre-releases to start, you know, exploring the finer intricacies of card interactions. You know, it's nice. It's, it's one thing. It's like you said. I mean, it's all about context. So a lot of people go to pre-releases so that they can play with these cards and go, wow, this card looks really good. But, you know, I don't know how good it's going to be. And then you sit down in the environment and you play, you know, like a five-round, mat, five round, you know, day or whatever. And all of a sudden you go, you know, this card Elite Inquisitor, for example, like a 2-2 two, two for two white. First Strike Vigilance, protection from vampires, werewolves, and zombies. Like, wow, this card seems like it's okay, but, you know, is it is it like all-star playable? And then you, you play a you know, a round of, you play five five rounds of it throughout the day, and you realize, wow, like, it's either humans, vampires, werewolves, zombies. Like, this is 75% of the time the stone nut. Yeah. You know, but, like, I, I think that's that's part of the reason why a lot of people go to pre-releases, no, especially I, I, because, like, Moto releases so much later. Right, which is kind of frustrating. But I, I agree with that completely. Um, but for me, um, like, it all depends on what kind of a learner you are. Uh and I can only speak for myself. Yeah. And I don't need to play games to find interactions. Like, I'm trying to think of another good example. Okay, so Nationals. That just happened. Yep. Um, I had done maybe two or three live drafts and maybe five moto drafts of uh, M12. And... Had never really drafted green and didn't plan on drafting green at nationals and then ended up playing 24 forests over my two national stacks. Oh, Jesus. But, and, and I ended up five, going five and one. Yeah. And it was completely fine and my decks were really good. I only mispicked like a couple times and it wasn't due to lack of, of knowledge of the format. It was just <clears throat> bad judgment rules like that. I don't really learn by by jamming a ton of games. Um, I, I'm better off just kind of 
looking and like I would rather read three drafts than do one draft. Ah. Uh. So, uh, like I'll have my friends who who I really trust at Limited send me their their moto drafts and and I'll read through those and and we'll talk about them. And for me, that benefits me far more than than actually sitting down and, and drafting x amount of times. Gotcha. So you're you're definitely a literary learner for sure. Yeah. Look, I, I I've played enough Magic that I can sort of let games play out in my head. I've had a lot of talks with Jerry about this because he he's the same way, where uh, we don't really gain that much from jamming that many games, but uh, like having just a conversation and sitting and thinking about uh, the the contexts that the cards are being put to, uh, we, get, we can get a lot done that way. Gotcha. So why don't you look at some of these cards then? <laughs> All right. any, any in particular that I should be looking at? Well, um, let's all kind of pick one. I mean, at first glance, I mean, the the, the artwork obviously is is a standout, right? Yeah, I, I've only looked at the white cards on the visual, but they're pretty insane. Yeah. You know, the angels are angelic. Um, you know, they've gone the route of, you know, the old Sarah Angel art, but better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that style, so that's fantastic. Um, How about this? What do you think of Champion of the Parish, which is effectively a common... I think reprinted almost like it's. I feel like it's almost the exact same as. Um, what, what color? Ally. Is it's it's white. white. It's white. It's one white mana for a one-one. It's a human soldier. Whenever another human enters the battlefield, oh, put a one-one counter on it. Um, this is this is a perfect example of a card that means nothing without context. Yeah. No, sorry. What I meant more to, like more about is like, what do you think of this being a rare reprint of a common from Zendikar? Like effectively, this is the same as had a free blade. Oh, the ally guy, the free blade, free blade. Yeah, and like there's a there's cards like that in this set. Like there's a bunch of cards like that, and like yeah, this is a rare for some reason. Uh, it's it's fine because like allies was sort of a sub theme, whereas I assume humans is going to be a, a major overarching theme in the set. Yeah, the, in this set, uh, tribal is a is one of the sub themes. Yeah, like I think human means more in this set than than ally did in that set. So I think it's fine. I think it's um one of those cards that's just kind of a freebie. Like it's not actually bad design. It's actually fine design. It's just like you you, you can't really write you know three pages about uh, about how it's designed because it, it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. So mentor of the meek. There's been a lot of buzz about this card. One white and two for a 2-2. Two, two. Whenever another creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay one colorless if you do draw a card. So this is, yeah. So this is obviously, uh, you know, a nice complement to the Pure Seal Paladin deck with the uh, living weapons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, seems pretty good. Um, uh, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty good in that deck. I, I don't think that it's going to be the backbone of like white weenie strategies, um, like people might think it would be. Costing three is really the top end of the curve, uh, unless you want to go into to Kifkin territory. But 
the backbones of those decks these days have all been one-card armies, which this guy isn't really. He's more of an incremental advantage. Yeah. Which, again, I don't know what what the rest of the set's going to hold, you know, if there's, like, a Cloud Goat Ranger or or a bunch more guys like this that, that are incremental advantages. But, um, but yeah, for it, it seems like a natural fit for Pure Steel for sure. Mm-hmm. Day of Judgment was reprinted in M12, right? Yep. Yes. So what do you what do you think about Divine Reckoning, which is four mana? Each player chooses a creature he or she controls, destroy the rest. Flashback for seven. I think that's going to be awesome in EDH. Yep. Mm, it's pretty cool. Like the it, it seems really good in the mid range decks that their guys are just better than the aggro decks anyway. I don't know. I don't know how realistically you're going to be able to flash it back and, and say standard, but yeah. Well, I guess at that point in time, right? Like, yeah, you're right. So long as your average guy is bigger than their best guy, then yeah, exactly. It seems yeah. good. It's fine. Um, are there any right. sicko? Lands? Are there any sicko what? Lands. Oh, yeah. it's always the first thing I go to. All right, we can go to the lands if you want. So what they've done with this set is they've printed the M12, like the M10 lands, but on enemy colors. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's going to be nice for uh, for mana fixing for us because now there's there's absolutely zero uh, Terramorphic Expanse effects. Those sucked anyway. Yeah, but I mean, so we've got zero fetches whatsoever, so now we all have to play with fair mana. Uh, Ghost well, Quarter. Fairer mana. Fairer mana. Ghost Quarter's reprint. So we lose Tech Edge, but we get Ghost Quarter. Um, they've re- they're releasing a cycle of lands here. Yeah, they've got all five of them here that are all allied color effective. So they kind of play along with the tribal sub-themes. <clears throat> so the first one that came out, uh, first one here is Gavany Township. So it's a land. It taps for a colorless mana. And then for two and one... They all tap for colorless mana, just yeah. so that you know. And they all enter the battlefield untapped, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay. So this one's got uh, two colorless, one green, one white. Tap, put a 1-1 one, one counter on each creature you control. Pretty insane. Yeah. I think that the, this this one's really insane. The Kessig Wolf Run. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that uh, have gotten blown out by Skarg the Rage Pits in time. Yeah. Yeah, this kind of takes this, that to the next level. Is this constructed playable? Like, is this as good as it seems? It might be. It's like the best thing possible you can have against the Wrath. Yeah, and think about this, like, because don't forget, like, Infect's still a thing, right? How is guess, this, yeah. How is this blue-white land okay? Well, in a grindy blue-white control, control strategy? Well, I guess not. No, yeah, you could turn this into more guys. Chump yeah, blockers seems, and whatnot. It seems insane. Really? Yeah. Why does that seem insane to, to have you? you ever, have you ever read Squadron Hawk? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. It's like Squadron Hawk rotates and this land comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this guy, like, replaces Squadron Hawk. Well, I guess, you just okay, have to make I guess. sure you're playing I just, creatures. I guess, I guess this is kind of where the part comes in. Oh, my God, I just drew my god hand. Um, I guess this is kind of the part that comes in where you're, like, talking about how you can't really evaluate cards without without knowing what's around them. Like, that's my problem with a lot of these cards is, like, I, I do get really biased and, like, flat, like, at the flashy giant cards. I mean, I don't ever act on it. Like, I'm not going to go out and, like, 
oh my god, I need to like build a deck around gangs of Saint Trafter. <laughs> yeah, or something like that, right? But like then other cards come along like this this fucking Moorland Haunt, which is blue white tap, exile a creature from your graveyard and put a one one white spirit token with flying onto the battlefield. That just doesn't that just seems really mediocre to me. And I guess it's probably because the blue white decks right now don't play a lot of guys. So I can't help but like try to figure out what you're gonna be exiling with this that makes it so good. Like it's a one time effect. Like you can't use it do you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I'm just not seeing it. I think the fact that the token has flying is a big deal. It's, I mean, it's just like one of the best man lands of all time, isn't it? What am I missing here? Like, do you remember Outpost? Oh, see, see, now you're talking. Like, Jelder I, I didn't play that long ago. Oh. Me neither, but I understand its effect <laughs> in the history of Magic the Gathering. Jelder and Outpost, okay. So, so, Counterpost was my deck. Like, that was that was what I did. <laughs> for as long as it was fucking legal. So how are you not just, like, creaming yourself over this thing? I know. Well, I Tate, don't get me wrong. It's it, This is exactly it. Uh, except that, you know, exiling your creature card in a control strategy. Like, when I was playing Counterpost, it was creatureless control, right? Back then. Fuck, I mean, it was like forces, counterspells, and arcane denials, swords to plowshares, exiles, wrath of gods, and Kajeldra and Outpost. Like, that's sure, what, sure. What, I mean, right? that- that, like, Drago is dead and has been for a while. Yep. Like, if you look at the blue-white decks now, I mean, obviously Hawk is a consideration, but they're also playing, like, Splicers and and Crusaders and Amiria Angels and Titans and, and Sphinxes. Mm-hmm. So the creature counts are getting higher, which adds to the value of the card. And, like, Sword and this thing is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. If you well, have I, sword in play, they you can make a guy at any point. Yeah, it'll also matter as well. So you know what? I guess when you when you take into consideration like New Jace, for example, you know from M12, the one that mills. There's also two generations like that. Yeah. So you you can make sure you've got gas for it. I just don't know what mana bases are going to look like with the the allied things and the the enemy duels. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and no fetches, so it'll be interesting to see how you get the glue together. Yeah. Yeah, whenever whenever I do end up looking at spoilers, I always go to the lands first, just because magic is built on the mana. Yeah, it, it dictates what you're allowed, what you can actually get away with playing. Exactly. So I, I, I'm pretty excited for the, the duels. I think that I don't really like these colorless lands being in existence. Uh, just because I don't like the way they impact games, especially with Tech Edge gone, that yeah. card's gone. Right? Yep, just yeah, yeah, Ghost Quarter replaces it. Yeah, which is not a replacement. So we'll we'll have to see, but uh, like definitely in limited, I, like I don't want to play against this Wolf Run thing in limited. No, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So Nefalia Drownyard is out. We might as well complete the cycle while we're talking about it. One is uh, it's tap for a colorless. This one is one blue, one black, and one tap, and you mill three off target player's library. Yeah, like that just seems gay. Seems just, like it's a bit expensive. But... You just start using uh, mana things, like one UB. Yeah. <laughs> you're like a one guy. You're like one and one blue and one black. And I'm like, uh, so it costs six to activate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god. See, these are the secrets we need to know of how to become a better, <laughs> you know, better magic players. Like, I didn't realize that, you know, this is like the extra keystrokes debate. Like, I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't realize, like, the, the UB was, was you know, the gateway. That's the next step. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that this is all that's holding you back. Okay, that's, there you go. I mean, Woodland <laughs> Cemetery taps for, you know, BG. Fucking rock and roll. There you go. Okay, what else do I got to learn here? That's uh, I also, I also, um, I picked this one up from Flores, and I really like it, and I've been using it since, is, uh, there's so many of the same Planeswalker that you just say the Planeswalker's name and then the number. So, like, Chandra 1, Chandra 2, Chandra 3, Jace 1, Jace 2, Jace 3. Instead of, like, little Jace, big Jace, new Jace? Yeah. Because what happens if they come out with a fourth Jace? Then new Jace isn't new Jace anymore. It's bigger Jace or yeah. eye drop Jace. Or... See, I've always I, I've always called them uh, uh, little Jace, big Jace, and the new one is Uncle Jace. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just our tables. I call I call them the criminally underrated Jace, the best card of all time, and the shittiest pile of feces ever to be printed. We like to say that, but like milling ten at will is is going to be pretty good in this set, I think. It, I mean, and, it might be. I just I, I hate that it exists in limited because. Oh, it's that's 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 unreasonably actual unfair. one card win the game. Like I, I complain about a lot of cards being one card win the game, but the the newest planeswalkers like uh, the Gideon, the Garak two, and Jace three are just like. And Soren, but Soren costs six and triple black, so we can let that win the game. But mm. like those cards just are so hard to beat. Yeah, spe- yeah, in a limited environment, especially. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Witchbane orb? When Witchbane orb enters the battlefield, destroy all curses attached to you. You have hexproof. What the fuck? <laughs> that is adorable. Yeah, that's a an ivory mask reprint. But for four colorless. Yeah. What do you think of uh what do you think of flavor of stuff like that? Like uh there's an there's an equipment here, AJ, called wooden steak. And uh I'm pretty sure that if you don't look at it and you just say what it does, you'll probably be right. Uh does it kill vampires? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it does. It yeah, also it could... can't be regenerated. The vampire do vampires regenerate? Well, yeah. They could. What if you have asceticism? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> nah, you never think of that, did you? I, I actually can't think of a vampire that's regenerated. No, but flavor-wise, it reduces them to ash or something, right? Or also, just like, a pile don't, of goo. Don't so real vampires good. regenerate? Haven't you seen fucking Blade? I mean, yeah, the, I, I don't think magic vampires regenerate. There's gotta be one, at least. I'm sure there's one, but it's probably archaic. Yeah. They reprinted Blazing Torch to that same effect. Yeah, yeah, which is like, this is the set it should have been in, I guess. Yeah. Also, what's this trep- trepanation blade everyone's been talking about? Three, two to equip. Whenever equipped creature attacks, defending player reveals cards from the top of his or her library until he reveals a land. The creature gets plus one, plus zero. No, it's on, that's on the... Uh, it's on the salvation spoiler here. I oh, guess. Okay, I was looking at the yeah. It's not the visual spoiler. Yeah, Actually, this this is kind of interesting. And again, like AJ, you're so bad at this because you keep with this philosophy of like I can't like evaluate these cards until 
until I know all the cards. And I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit to know what you think of some of these cards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this, okay, so this, this basically, this, this equipment is three to cast, two to I'm equip. looking at it now. It's uh, Trepanation okay. Blade. Yeah, yeah. So when, when the creature, just for our listeners, when the creature yeah, yeah. attacks, you basically mill until you hit a land, and then the creature gets plus one, plus O oh for each land that you milled. No. No, no, no. Or for each for card, each card milled, up until the land. Yeah, so up until the land. So what's really ridiculous about this card is that you don't have to connect with it. No, it's just attacking. So, like, if you do play that poison deck, like, this is... Kind of expensive to go into that deck, I guess. But like, it still seems pretty good. But I mean, like, that deck's shit. So <laughs> this is a card that has like that's gonna have like niche application because it's gonna go in a poison deck or a mill deck, but isn't actually inherently a good card. Mm. No, it's yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It's hard to judge. I think that uh, it's gonna be really good and limited, though. It's gonna be really high variance, but really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the thing is like like some people forget sometimes in limited that like even bad mill cards can win out of nowhere. Like I probably wouldn't unless I was playing blue black and last picked that that Nefalia Drownyard. I probably wouldn't play that in my deck um, for as a mill strategy. Like I wouldn't you know take that and try to go mill strategy, right? Yeah, yeah. But like but but Trepanation Blade. It like I feel like that would be almost fine in any limited deck, no matter what your end game was, because yeah. you know it's limited. So you want a repeatable effect like this. Plus, like you could just end up milling the sh like milling them anyway because the deck size is so much smaller. Yeah, yeah, especially if you have, if you do have like a couple other things, like uh, mill things or things that rely on graveyards. You know, like a, a couple cute interactions. It can be really good. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Anyway, one of. Uh... The favorite cards that have that have come out, I think, I guess, came out yesterday, and it's the uh, Geist of Saint Traft. And, Geist. Yeah. So this is the uh, the two two for one uh, W U. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> that just sounds worse. Yeah. Like, like it's one. It should be. It should be one one U W is what you should say, right? One U W. Uh, anyway, so it's a legendary creature, spirit cleric. Uh, it's hexproof. And whenever he attacks, put a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying onto the battlefield tapped what? and attacking, exile that token at the end of combat. Wow, that's kind of cool. So I've heard people trying to play this or tr wanting to play this with the new Sundial of the Infinite so that they can keep the angel and <laughs> dodge the end oh of turn. Oh my god, that sounds fucking... Who was Jank? that? Chris, was that Chris Lansdale? Was that Chris Lansdale? No, I don't think so. Fuck. But, uh, but yeah, it was... Uh, uh, honestly, this guy seems like he'd do a pretty good job of uh, carrying a sword. I mean, for for three mana as well in the land of Sun Titans, that's that's not he'll terrible. Be, he'll be a cool EDH general too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like a blue white tempo deck. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all the cool things you can do with a temporary four four too. Yeah, you can't like I mean you can't birthing pot it obviously because it's a zero casting cost. Well, I mean, which would be you yeah, I mean, you, you could birthing pot it. It just wouldn't. It's not gonna do anything spectacular for you, is what yeah. Scotty meant. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. <laughs> but I mean, like, any any value is good, right? Like, because I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just a bird, but then it's a skin shifter. Yeah, and it's a blade splicer. <laughs> this deck sounds 
bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about fucking Grim Grin Corpseborn? This guy's really good, I think. Five five for five. When he enters the he or sorry, he enters the battlefield tapped, but he doesn't untap during your untap step. Sacrifice another creature to untap him and put a 1-1 counter on him. Also, whenever he attacks, just destroy target creature the defending player controls and put a 1-1 counter on him. So, flavor-wise, he's like an obscenely huge, slow, lumbering zombie that can smite yeah. you with one which is, shot. Which is kind of cool, I guess. Like, yeah. right? Like, he's like Frankenstein or some shit. Yeah. And for, for those of you playing along at home, that's a 3UB. For oh, yeah. 3UB. 3UB. Three boo, three boo. <laughs> he looks. His art looks like straight out of Resident Evil. Yeah, it does. It's actually really cool. He looks like a. He looks like Pudge from Dota. That's what you get. That's a <laughs> shout out to PVDDR or whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Is it PVDDR? It is. Yeah. I just call him Paulo. Or yeah. PV. Good old Paulo. The King of Fairies, which in fact is this guy's colors. Look at that. PV, <laughs> we love you, PV. Come back on our show one time. Um, <laughs> this guy, yeah, I think that guy's cool. I mean, obviously he's a limited bomb, but um, he'd be a cool fucking in EDH too. It's too bad he's not. Oh, he is legendary. Yeah. What I think is really cool is that they they made it sacrifice another creature, not sacrifice another zombie. So you're yeah. not shoehorned into playing this guy in a zombie tribal deck, which I think is really good. Um. That's where you're ready for this. You you want your synergy? You sacrifice the four four angel token to untap Grim Grin. You're an Esper. Yep. Bring it. There you go. You're an Esper. Fucking zippity doo dah, <laughs> bitches. And you're playing all the Titans. You're playing Massacre Worm. You're playing Black Sun Zenith Wrath, New Wrath. Fucking you guys you're are out of here. Ephelia Drown Yard. Familiar self, so you can make birds with the moorland haunt. See? zippity doo da. That's what we're talking about. That's the game. See, that's the secret tech right there in your 100-card standard deck. <laughs> now, there's there's a couple cards here that I want to bring to your attention, AJ, because, I mean, when we talk about um, deck filtering and draw smoothening, then I think this is uh, these are these are right up your alley. So effects. I thought you might. So let's talk about Forbidden Alchemy. Flores wrote an article about this. So this is... Well, then it's probably uh, the best card of all time. It's to you. It's an instant common. Look at the top four cards of your library. So it's Impulse. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. And it has flashback of 6B. Huh. That is interesting. I think it's extremely relevant, especially for this block, that it puts the cards into the graveyard instead yeah. of on the bottom of your deck. I, I'm actually, like, already done answering your question in my head and have moved on to Vintage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that card's pretty good. Hey, um, actually, that's a good, that's a good other point I can make about Vintage. Um, what do you think about all that Steve Menendian stuff that happened today? And I think it was Menendian, but I can't be sure. Yeah, it must be. If it's vintage and it's controversial, Steven opened his mouth again. Yeah, it was probably Steven. I, I so you guys it. didn't hear about it? No. So, like, <clears throat> oh, yeah, it is. It's S. Menendian. Um, so he, I guess, put out an article today about vintage something, and he wanted to charge people three bucks for it. And then everybody just kind of lost their shit. Yeah. 
So but don't like, don't people don't people pay for your articles? Not directly. Well, they pay for a premium, right? Right. But and then your articles are a side effect of that? Yeah, well it's like first of all, to get an individual article for from Star City, it would be like two cents. Right. Not three dollars. And secondly, it's like it's varied content. It's not just one dude writing one article. Yeah. Where it's like, if that article isn't what you want it to be, or isn't what you expected it to be, or isn't good, then it's like, you're just out $3. Whereas, with Star City, if you don't like an article, then you read the next one. You know? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) So, they reprinted Mulch. That's the other one I want to bring to your attention. Mulch, is that the 1G land thing? Yes, it's basically the same thing that we just talked about, except that it's lands. Reveal it, oh, sorry, reveal the top four cards of your library, put all land cards revealed this way into your hand, and the rest in your graveyard. So what do you think of that? It's pretty cute. I don't know, it's, uh, it's really hard to be like, these cards are awesome, because I don't know what, what all this graveyard stuff is. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably fair. Well, it's very clear that they're trying to, with flashback, obviously, that they're trying to make graveyards a thing. Yeah. Like, Think Twice is awesome, but I don't know if, like, Think Twice is good enough to play that three-mana cantrip thing, the impulse thing, to maybe hit a Think Twice to draw another card. You know what I mean? Yeah, that happens all the time too. People they, they'll either like reprint something or functionally reprint it, and then everybody just loses their shit over it because it was Star so C- good then. Yeah, and then Star City Games pumps up the price because like everybody is being a fucking idiot. Well, I mean and that's then, just supply demand. Yeah, and if, and like you can't fault them at all. I'm not saying anything against them at all. Um, and then and then everyone's just like, oh my god, remember like I don't know whatever fucking card, and then you're like, yeah, but that's totally different. And then they're yeah. like, no, no, this card's insane. Don't you remember Mulch? That card's insane. That card's insane. And then you're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> and then like, and then Mulch is like a $5 common, and then they make Mulch decks, and then they suck, and then they... Yeah, like, Mulch was like, okay, back in a context where cards weren't obscenely good like they are today. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... They're, like I mean, graveyard's a thing, right? Like snap, snapcaster mage. Yeah, I, mean, that's a, I haven't, I haven't seen what that is yet. Are you serious? Yeah, that's like the single most talked about card like in Planeswalkers. How about yeah. this? I don't give a shit about this this set whatsoever, like at <laughs> all. I could give a shit less about it. It could say, it could say, every time you buy a booster, a hot girl will blow you, but she'll have only blown you so that she doesn't have a venereal disease in her, mo- a disease in her mouth. And I still wouldn't give a shit about this set at all. It's so fucking awful. I don't care about it. So, you, no, I haven't seen Snapcaster. Okay. But I know that everybody just well, has a giant well, boner for it. Yeah. But- well, AJ, why don't, why don't you go ahead and read Snapcaster Mage for those of us that are fucking retarded like Jay and haven't paid any attention whatsoever to magic at all in the last week, and then explain to him why it's ridiculous. I, I, I kind of wanted to hear more of that, that rant, actually. <laughs> okay, go. Well, now it's lost its steam, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, uh, Snapcaster Mage is Tiago Chan's long-awaited invitational card. Um, of uh, 
presumably the last invitational card of all time. Uh, and it, 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 it's living up to the hype, it seems. Uh, Snapcaster Mage, one and a blue. See, I did that for you guys. Oh man. <laughs> Preacher, human wizard. And a blue what? <laughs> blue mana. Oh, and a two, blue mana. Two one. Two one, two one. Human wizard. Wow, shit. With flash. And when oh my in, god. When he comes into play, turn the sorcery card black? in your graveyard gains flashback until on the turn where flashback is its mana, where its flashback cost is its mana cost. Okay. So. Zippity doo dah. Right. So any, so he's, at, at any given time you can cast, you can give any of your sorceries or instance flashback. Right. And that's good. Because I want to be flashing back tooth and nail. No, you can flashback your thing twice for one mana less. Oh my god! Or what? What I see a lot of people. Uh, oh. What I hear a lot of people wanting to do is they go. They want to flash him in at end of turn, or on your opponent's turn, so that you can get value by you know using a dismember to kill a blocker or whatever. You know, on the cheap for four life, and then you untap and you strap on that sort of feast or famine and swing. Yeah. So, like, that, it's another fucking Cobblade or another, mm. yeah, one of those cards. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean I'm mean, i sure it's as good as everybody says it is. I just, I don't, I don't know. It's insane in Legacy. Yes. Uh, out there. Well, and you got to think, any format where the spells are more powerful. Yeah, obviously it scales. So, like. Yeah. Like, I'll be playing this in EDH. Fuck yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm really looking forward to, like, buying back brainstorms and plows and stuff. Yeah, and that's that's just going to be, you're right, absolutely insane. So that's why he's also a $20 card, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to be and playing he's $20 fucking dollars? And he's, ready? He's not mythic. They finally lived up to it. Oh, they said, okay, we're not going to return. They could make the last invitational card mythic. The Shouldn't only, it be flavor-wise? Shouldn't it be mythic? Only mythic. The only or the only invitational card that's mythic? No, that wouldn't be okay. Yeah. Why? Well, although I guess reprinting them with different art it wasn't okay either. <laughs> oh, poor Chris. Chris who? And Jens. And Jens. Yeah, they because uh, the invitational oh, cards. Oh right, because he was meddling mage, and now it's a black girl, and everyone's yeah. all whiny about it. Shut up. Exactly. My God. Hey, it, you know what, AJ? It's not good enough that I'm on a card and then I gotta make a magic card and that you know my face is on there for like ten years. Yeah. Like really, you change the art, and I feel very violated by that. Yeah, I would. So you the know, the best was the best was I saw a, a Facebook comment uh, on on his wall about it. That was just like, why don't you go to Worlds and give them back the trophy, too? Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. that's funny. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. They they, they did new art for Void Mage Prodigy, but still made it Kai. Yeah. And they reprinted, or rather time-shifted, Avalanche Riders and Finkel with the same art. So it's like John's good enough, but the rest of y'all can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, like, set this precedent already. Oh, my and God. And then just kind of, like, screwed them over. I don't know. A lot screwed of people the, Screwed them over? Screwed them over how? 
that they won a tournament and that their prize was that they are their card. That they oh, I, I card. forgot. Oh, and I forgot that if you if you change the art like years down the road, that all of a sudden that's not their card anymore. Well, you can at least wait until they die or something. Why? <laughs> Why? Who fucking cares? That's so ridiculous. Oh my god. It, I think it's ridiculous that you think it's ridiculous. I can't even believe this. I can't even fucking believe this. That's so. Okay, some of this. You know, Jesse used to be a part of the A team. He's not anymore. We should not replace him until he dies. <laughs> Why don't what? everybody vote? How about everybody, uh, all of our listeners? I imagine, want you to imagine you enter a tournament. Imagine okay. you enter a tournament. Okay, okay. A... I'm imagining this. <laughs> all right, yeah. is it a tournament in which I can play Snapcaster Mage? Um, <laughs> yes, but only one. Okay, okay, okay. And it's the prize is. A free trip to the Bahamas and a giant trophy. Okay, sweet. So, so they give me that prize and I go to the Bahamas, but then two years later they give it to someone else, and I'm mad about that. Two years later, they come and they steal your trophy away from you. Right. Sure, you okay. got to go to the Bahamas, and sure you had your trophy, but yeah. then you earn that trophy. Isn't that your trophy? Isn't that how like isn't that how every sport on the planet works? Like, when I win the, the Stanley Cup or the Super Bowl, we get to keep that trophy, but then we give it to the team that won next year, later, right? With our name on it. Right, right? but that's part of the deal. Yeah, well, that's they, what I'm saying. They didn't say... Well, this wasn't part of the deal. Is what oh, I see. So everybody's mad because Aaron Forsythe didn't say, we'll make you a card and we'll never change it ever in the future ever. And they're mad about that. What are you talking about? Well, because you said that wasn't part of the deal, that they would have to give it back, and they would have to, that, they would, that the art would get changed, right? right. That's what they're meant, right? Yeah, part of their prize was that they got a card and their face would be on it. Yeah. But, but and, and they're mad because however many years down the road, at varying years down the road, that art changed. They're not, like, they're not happy enough and thankful enough that they got well, to do it in the first place? It wasn't, it, it wasn't, okay. now, now the other thing to, now, okay, <laughs> so down the middle here, Okay. There's one more as well. The piece to that is I that don't know if we have to they also because AJ said I was right. Well, they all they also uh, helped create the card. So, right. like, not it's, only it's, were there likenesses on it, but they basically invented the card. Right. And it obviously had to get approved by R and D, but yeah, that's and that's why Tiago's card has taken so long to come out because he finally submitted one that they you know were okay with. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Is that like he had actually quite a bit of different cards that could have potentially yeah. been ever. Yeah, that's why it took so long. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I personally would have really liked the channel land, but, you know, that's just me. It would have been the first non-creature invitational card. Yeah. It, it, and since it's the last one, it would have been the only one. I don't know, I don't know how happy I would be about that. Yeah, I'm still, I just still don't understand the whole... Alright, well then you never will. <laughs> is this like one of those things where like you can't date my ex-girlfriend even though I broke up with her and don't like her anymore <laughs> is, like is it one of those type of things it sounds kind of like that I don't know what type of a thing that would be <laughs> I, oh, I, don't, I don't view girlfriends as as awards that you earn of course you do Let's... Don't we all? No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. but, you know, one thing I can... You have to the... do things to get them to like you. You have to win them over, do you not? You don't swoon them? You don't... Right? No? 
Yeah, but they're not prizes. Well, not in like the materialistic way, but like you cherish them like a prize. You're happy that you, <laughs> you know, won the Stanley Cup of girlfriends. You're, you know, they're your prize. Right. You get to it's, have it's them. It's becoming time. abundantly clear that uh, we're not getting anywhere with this. <laughs> no, no. So okay, that being so, so let's get back to uh, a couple more spoilers here, real quick. Um, so green, obviously. Why does this thing make thirteen zombies? Right. Okay. So let's go there. Flavor. Okay. Flavor. So thirteen is a thing in this set. Thirteen uh, is the unlucky number. So uh, you I know, recently they, went to a hotel that didn't have a thirteenth floor. That's you know, why. lots of things don't. I was yeah. like, that. That's still a thing. Yeah. Like that's still around. I lived. I lived in a brand new apartment building. Like I was the only occupant that lived ever in my condo, and like. We moved in, you know, the day that we were allowed to. Like, it was brand spanking new. And it didn't have a 13th floor either. And we lived on the 13th floor. Yeah. It, it's this. It's 2011. No, like, no. You know how insane that is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we can't... We the future. Wait, but, but you, we, just, you we can't... just had a conversation about how you can't change things because people get mad. <laughs> and this is one of those sacred... Alright, I can't tell trolling or just real dumb. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's trolling. There's no question, this is a troll. Okay, good. <laughs> no question. Like, I'm just saying, like, you know, if you if you can't change my magic card, then I don't think I'm going to let you sure, change totally. my 13th floor. Totally. You know. So, so it makes 13 things because 13 is spooky. Yeah, so if you actually go down as an what, example... What's the significance of 26, then? Uh, it's 13 twice. Ah, I see. Uh, yeah, so Blasphemous Act. Okay, so this is a sorcery in red for 8R. Whoa. Okay, and uh, it costs one colorless less to cast for each creature on the battlefield. It's a sorcery, and it deals how much damage to each creature? 26. 13. Oh, well, that's, that's only half as bad. It's only half as bad. But to make up for that, there's two 13 cards in red. Here's another one. Into the Maw of Hell, it's called. It costs 4RR, it's a sorcery, and it says destroy target land, into the Maw of Hell deals 13 damage to target creature. Makes wow. it really, really dead. Wow. Is so, Creepy Doll seeing a reprint? Uh, nope, a Creepy Doll is. Creepy Doll's getting printed. Yeah, that's what I meant. I don't know what that is. Creepy Doll. Artifact creature construct for 5. 1-1. One, one. It's indestructible. When it deals combat damage to a creature, flip a coin. If you win the flip, destroy that creature. Oh, I can't deal that 13 and kill someone. No, no you can't. The I also, I also think that for 5, this 1-1 one, one should just have death touch. Agreed. <laughs> like, like, it's, like, is it really overcosted for this to have a fucking death touch? Like, that you have to flip a coin? Like, that just seems... Like, I don't know. Completely stupid. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Essence of the lose to that card a lot. The in, Into the Maw of Hell? No, the, the coin flippy one. Oh, the, the creepy dog. I just feel in general, like, anything that says flip a coin, I'm going to lose to a lot. <laughs> like, Bang Chuggers is the scariest card I've ever played against. I'd yeah. Rather, and, I'd rather yeah. just play a 5-5, five five, like Minotaur. Than a bang chucker, because I'm gonna single handedly <laughs> lose to that bang chucker. 
<laughs> I got a I got a guy that uh is a bang chucker addict and will literally go out of his way to draft every single one and uh, and just take it from there. So is it's, it, it's Is it Ryan O'Connor from Kansas City? No, it's not. He's a Canadian guy from local. <laughs> that guy is addicted to bang chucking as well. Yeah. I think it's a sickness. Yeah. Something about like degenerate gambling, you know. Yeah. Just need to feel something. So the um, do you want to Jay? Do you have anything else that you're uh, anything any any standouts that you want uh, some perspective on? Oh, like cards? Yeah. Uh, I I I really want to say that I like Evil Twin. Uh, so it's two BU for yeah. a clone. But then it also gains uh, BU tap, destroy target creature that has the same name as this creature. Oh, so it's a clone that kills the thing it cloned? Yeah, that yeah. can kill the thing it cloned, yeah. How many but clones it, do they really need? No, they need like 10. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, like clones are just going to be copying each other and be <laughs> zeros and die. And that's all the magic's going to be. Just yeah. weird enter the battlefield zero zero effect. Yeah. That's better than these fucking villagers of Estwald, so I'm okay with that. Those goddamn werewolf flipperies. Yeah, so many weird. of these werewolf cards. Make a wish. Return two cards at random from your graveyard to your oh, hand. I thought you were telling me to make a wish. No, no. This card, make a wish. Return two cards from your graveyard at random to your hand. The, that te- the text box should just say make a wish. It should say that. Make a wish. Flip a coin. It comes true. (laughs) (laughs) Return two cards at random. Oh, so it's like fossil find, but really bad. Yeah. Essence of the Wild. Three and triple green for a 6-6. Creatures you control enter the battlefield as a copy of this. So this this really becomes insane. I I mean, this, this is a limited bomb, obviously. Oh, yeah, obviously. But, like, you drop this, and then every other creature you play afterwards is going to be a copy of him. I so, like that uh, they can't pit, print a green clone, so they print a yeah, green so clone just... that makes everything else. <laughs> so they, like, so they just they just snuck in another clone to a yeah. chagrin. Yeah. <laughs> also, the, the cool thing about this is, like, because it becomes a copy of this, even if they kill this... You still get it. So, like, yeah, absolutely. Unlimited, this is going to be, like, the stone nut. Um, somebody like Chris Lansdell will definitely build a deck around this in standard. I don't think it's very good, but, you know, maybe make it blue-green with clones. Blue-green-black with clones. Yeah, yeah. and you just clone the Essence sure. of the Wild all day. Yeah, cloning Essence of the Wild all day. I like the keyword on fights. Yes. So, so Garrick? Have you seen the, the the flip Garrick? There's a flip Garrick. Yeah, Garrick Relentless. He okay, flips out. Is three G. We talked about this in episode fifty. Uh, he is three loyalty for a green guy. When he has two or fewer loyalty counters on him, transform him. Okay. He has two zero abilities. The first one is Garrick Relentless deals three damage to target creature. That creature deals damage equal to its power to him. So he gets in there and he fights with a creature. So then in addition to that, you've got a zero ability, which puts a 2-2 green wolf creature token on the battlefield. So worst case, he just sits there and poops out 2-2s all day. But he, he can remove dudes if he needs to. So then if he flips over, then he becomes a black-green creature, or a black-green planeswalker. With plus one, put a 1-1 black wolf creature token with death touch on the battlefield. 
Minus one, sack a creature. If you do, search your library for a creature card, reveal it, put it in your hand, shuffle your library. And then minus three, creatures you control gain trample and get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Huh. Overly complex. Yeah. Good thing they, there's two sides to it to fit all that text. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, there's no question that in Limited, this guy just, like, he, he just takes over the game. Like, yeah, you drop this guy like and he's... Yeah, the Planeswalker. Yeah. This, but... one, this one actually takes some maneuvering, though, unlike some of the other Planeswalkers that just outright win the game immediately right when you cast them. So a bit more finesse instead of just a really big bat. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you actually have to play magic with this thing. It's just really, really good. I actually like that a lot more than something like Gideon, where you just play it and win immediately. Yeah, yeah. Guy scoops without the O-ring. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this thing you have to actually, like, use its abilities multiple times to gain incremental advantages, and you have options every turn, and I don't know, I like that. I think based on that, that... Based on its 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 positioning in green, I think they did that really well. Yeah. So that's that's pretty sweet. When did fighting become green, though? Oh, I guess like contested cliffs. Tracker from the dark, baby. Oh wow, that get, does go back. Yes, sir. I just thought of it as a red ability for some reason. Yeah. No, they moved guess, it to red after that. I guess arena is colorless, right? Yes. Sir. Does that thing get a get a get a keyword? Does that thing get a yeah. Oh. Oh. I'm sure it'll be. It'll be fixed. It's, yes. It's erratic to have it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. All so, of my plans are coming together. <laughs> Excellent. Um. So. Yeah. I think that's. That's most of the ones that I think were really interesting for me. The one that uh, I know Evan was bitching about today, is there is a. Oh, I guess. Have you looked at the new Liliana too? While we're on the topic of planeswalkers. No. So she's. One BB. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> one BB. I just, I'm really nervous about planeswalkers. Yeah. Well, you, this one, you're probably gonna. I just want them reason. to take away planeswalkers and see what people do. There's been so many people that have said that. Really? Yeah. I've never heard that, and I'm. I think that they should do it. You just yeah. want to see the world burn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Liliana the Veil. Uh, three loyalty to start. I was going with the provocative artwork. Yes, that's right. Is it really? Is it? Well, compared to some of the others that we put out. But I mean, that's well, probably... Well, yeah, compared to like Harrow, which is a picture of trees. It's probably yeah. no worse than the ben than the veteran explorer, though, from Alliances. Oh, no, Elvish? Elvish explorer? Elvish... Like, what, Anyways, what's the problem with this? Like, what? I don't yeah. see a problem with this. Chick. So, plus one, each player discards a card. Minus two... Target player sacrifices a creature. Minus six. <laughs> Separate all permanents. Target player controls into two piles. That player sacrifices all permanents in the pile of his or her choice. So it's like a, a, a modified Curse of the Cabal. Isn't it, wasn't, isn't it like do or die or something like that? Sorry, that's probably more Is accurate. Is that the yeah. magic card from like the yeah. yeah. Now, it should bear to note that you don't have to separate them into two equal piles. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that six from three, with the pluses, both of us discarding. Yeah, I don't, and, and like it's not even that great. It's just like, like I mean, it's obviously insane. But like every other ultimate, just wins the game. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't see this one necessarily winning the game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, I mean, she's probably pretty good in a deck with Sun Titan. I mean, that that should go without saying, right? But I mean, if you're if you're getting in multiple beats with Sun Titan, you should just be winning anyway. Yeah. So it's maybe it's a bit bit win more. But uh, yeah, there's each player discards a card is exactly like mulch or that uh, strategic planning slash impulse thing where mm-hmm. it's just like you you have no idea what it means yet. Yeah. So we'll we'll see, but mm-hmm. seems seems good, seems fair. Just seems really, really good. Yeah. I'm I'm really happy that Black finally has a planeswalker that isn't complete shit. Yeah. Now Liliana Vest was fine for a short period of time. I mean but- it, she she didn't have the impact that the other ones did. It was like one of the very few that couldn't protect itself. It cost more than all of the other ones and like didn't win the game in limited like the other ones did. Yeah, that's it, true. Like, it was fine. It just wasn't nearly as good as any of the other ones when in a time where black needed it the most. Mm-hmm. I think I think that the the one change that they could have made to her to make her playable is uh, her tutor should have put it in hand. Yeah, or been minus one. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think either one of those... Uh, I mean, to be fair, I've played two of them in a pro tour, so... Well, and that's just it, right? Like, I mean, there's there was a lot of decks that she filled a really, really strong role for. You know, she, she saw... She was a, a role player in some specific decks, but, you know, definitely not mainstream, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, so it it should be good. It's, it's going to be nice to see her. Um, Heartless Summoning, I think, is one that just came out today. Spoiled by our boy, Jay, Noel Elder Cordova. Oh, man, so nobody knows about it? Nobody knows about it. Heartless Summoning is uh, 1B, Enchantment. Creature spells you cast cost 2 less to cast. Creatures you control get minus 1, minus 1. That's cute. I think so. This is extremely interesting. Um... We the one thing that I've been noticing about the format uh, that I think is developing is that it strikes me as about a turn slower than uh, than the format we're used to today, at least if not two turns slower. Um, that being the case, a card like this uh, seems like it could go a long distance. Like you're now dropping Titans on. I was gonna say it's just Titans and like one coil, right? Like yeah, and Sphinx, like. It's kind of scary because the minus one minus one puts all of them exactly in range of dismember. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't, uh, you know, <laughs> unintentional. Yeah, yeah, like that. That is the only real concern. Also, like, obviously it's black, so the natural titan is grave titan, which actually gets hurt by it the most mm-hmm. of all the titans. But yep. uh, yeah, like I, th- I think it's a well-designed card. Um, it's actually kind of scary. Uh, just for for its potential, but I I, th- I think it's balanced. I think it's good. Um, it's gonna be one of those cards where it's either not gonna really show up, or it's gonna be a one card deck. Yeah. Which I, I I'm not really a fan of, but they they always happen. It seems pretty crazy. Because like there's no there's no way that you can play a deck based around Heartless Summoning without casting Heartless Summoning and being competitive, I feel. <laughs> it doesn't just tuck in somewhere, is what right, you're getting right, at. Right, exactly. Yeah. 
Did you guys talk about fucking Abattoir Zombie? No. Ghoul, I mean, Ghoul? No, go ahead. It seems pretty good. I'm excited for that card in Limited. It's 3-2 black first strike. Whenever a creature dies that it damaged, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. That's going to be a fucking really good black Limited card, I think. Holy. I, I, I like creatures that are just, like, efficient. Yeah. Yeah, like, this thing costs four for a 3-2 first strike. I'd be fine with that in black. Yeah, in black, that's... No, and then anything that dies that it dealt damage to you just gain life. Like that's also good in black. Like, yeah, I'm okay with this. And this uh, seems add, un- add uncommon no less. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm, uh, removal. I think I think a lot of that though is gonna. I, I've been noticing that too. And the other one that everyone's chomping at the bit for. I mean, hundred cards left, right? So, uh, you know, it's yeah. probably coming. But I mean, everyone's chomping at the bit for a good uh, rebirth spell too. Like if I personally, I think they should just reprint uh, Dread Return. Dread Return would fit well. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And there's lots of space here as well. That that is a card that would make this Liliana insane. Right. That's that's the type of card that they need to print to to push that card over the top. So if you're looking at this, like Dread Return is DR. So I mean, you've got two cards in between Dire Graph Ghoul and Endless Ranks of the Dead. So if you go, because it goes by color and unalphabetically, right? So, sorry, there's only one card in the middle, because 97 and 99. So Dread Return could conceivably be there. Yeah. This is the card I'm most excited about. Walking Corpse. Walking Corpse. 2-2 for 2. Oh, yeah. A 2-2 zombie for 2. Hmm. Black getting a 2-2 for 2, and it's on, on Tribe. Yeah. yeah, it could be pretty good. I don't oh, know. Jordy, I, I, Jordy Tate just tweeted that he hit a thousand Facebook likes without the article even appearing on the front page yet. Uh, yeah. Brag, brag, brag. zippity hey, So, also, uh... Diagraph Ghoul is a 2-2 two, two for one. Yeah, I like that one even better. Did you see that one, AJ? No. Yeah, 2-2 two, two zombie for one B, or for just for B. He enters the <laughs> battlefield tapped. <laughs> oh, wow, that doesn't insane. No... Man, oh man. What are we doing to you, AJ? You've now looked at, like, fucking 40 cards. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, like, you've, you're ruined. You're just fucking ruined now. How will I ever get married? <laughs> oh god. So the other one that's uh, severely overpriced is Scob Ruinator. So it's one UU for a 5-6 flyer. You may cast him from your graveyard. As an additional cost to cast him, you must exile three creature cards from your graveyard. Yeah, that's this is one of those cards that we've been waiting for 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 all those other cards to actually work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in in the pod decks as a one of two of. Yeah, that's um, insane. Seems insane, right? Like it's a really good spot on the curve to be yeah, able to turn. Yeah, also seems good as just like um. You guys remember Hawken or whatever his name was? Yeah, Storm. Yeah, the the nope. night the night lord from uh, Cold Snap. Yeah, yeah. He's that the one was, that that guy carried some weight. Yeah, that guy was that guy put in some work yeah. back in the day. <laughs> I would yeah. love to have one of those guys back. Also, like three is a really bad spot in the pod deck curve, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this is gonna hey, be pretty good. Hey, is smallpox legal too? Yes, sir. That's like that's like what that Hawken deck used to do. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cute. Yeah. 
Oh, man. And then you can Snapcaster Mage your fucking smallpox. Wow. And sacrifice the Snapcaster Mage. Extreme value. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of really well flavored cards. Um, Mirror Mad Phantasm is one that uh, I think we heard our our friend Conley Woods is really excited about. Uh, it's a five one flyer. What's it, what's it called? Mirror Mad Phantasm. So it's in okay, blue. Yeah, it's it's three UU. Yeah. So five one flying, one blue and one. Shuffle it into your library and then uh, mill cards until you find it and put it into play. Wow. So this is, of course, you know, a one-card combo with the card Laboratory Maniac. In the laboratory. Well, it's not a one-card combo necessarily, but Laboratory Maniac is uh, the 2-2 for 2-U. And if he's a creature human wizard, if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. Yeah, you need to kill your thing, right? Yeah. Oh, well, no, you no, don't. No. If that player does, so you can't even do that. What's that? The Mirror Mad Phantasm says, uh, shuffle it into its owner library if that player does. Yeah. Whatever, so you can't even kill it in response to the ability. Right. Otherwise, that would just kill them outright. Yeah. So the Laboratory Maniac, of course, has everyone going, reaching for their levelers and thought lashes and legacy, which I think is batshit insane. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. But, uh, you know, still uh, still entertaining. This is the card that turns a loss into a win. Oh, Mark Rosewater. You're I so like how Laboratory Maniac is, like, Frankensteining it up in the art. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, all of the art I think is pretty sick so far. This has got really good art. What is going on with Rooftop Storm? Yeah, yeah. All your zombie spells cost zero to cast. Yeah. Okay. First of all, why is that a blue card? Second of because, all, like, are they allowed to just blatantly reference Frankenstein like that? Blue cards. So blue black are the colors of zombies in this book. Uh, also, who cares about this? Because. What zombies am I playing after turn six for free? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I'm not saying it's competitive. I'm just saying, like, it, it's such a blatant reference to to an outside thing. I, I, I don't know if that's ever been done in, in Magic. And even even the even like even the flavor text is almost a ripoff of fucking, yeah, exactly. Of it's, uh, it's insane. Like, what was the the Albert Einstein card? Oh, uh, Presence uh, of the Master. Presence yeah, of the Master. That, that's like the only other time that something has been this overt. I don't know. Interesting. The the, the assistant's name is Oglower. Yes. Yeah. yeah, subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they couldn't just call him Jeff. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, there's lots of mill. There's uh then the other keyword that's relevant is um morbid. Basic so basically what it says is that it, it triggers whenever a creature dies. So a good example of that is uh Reaper from the Abyss is one of the big poster childs for this ability. So he's three B B B for a six six flying demon, and he's a mythic, and he's got morbid, 
at the beginning of each end step, if a creature died this turn, destroy target non-demon creature. Another example is right next to it, Morkrut Banshee. 3 BB, 4 4. Morbid, when Morkrut Banshee enters the battlefield, if a creature died this turn, target creature gets minus 4, minus 4 until end of turn. So what you're going to see is pod decks taking advantage of these cards because they basically can come into play and automatically trigger the Morbid because you're podding for them. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of cute. There's a green one that hits... It's limited, though. Yeah, exactly. There's a green one for that that hits... Um, I'm just trying to find what spot on the curve he hits. Uh, five, which is always an awkward spot on the curve for, for pods. And he's a 4-5 for 3-GG, and he's an elemental morbid. It's Hollow Henge Scavenger. When he enters the battlefield, if a creature died this turn, you gain five life. So it's sort of like the upgrade to the uh, Obstinate Bailoth in the pod deck. Yeah. yeah, that'll be fine. Uh, that'll be that'll take a board slot for sure. Yeah, I don't know those those two uh huge black dudes and the blood gift demon. <laughs> I don't know, just like all these cards that like what? Why is a five four flyer for five not good enough? Why does it need to cantrip? <laughs> that guy's insane. Because it's two thousand and eleven. Yeah, I guess we can't be playing ebony rhinos and shit. Juzam Jin, anyone? I would kill for for a set to be like that again. Yeah. So you have nothing to do before turn seven? Yeah. Yeah, you have, like, uh, two ones for two with drawbacks. Yeah. Like, comes into play tapped and or you lose two life. Yeah. Three, three for five flyers, just the best thing possible. <laughs> I'm still a big fan of uh, Gazban Ogre, personally, man. Still one of yeah. my favorite beaters of all time. Gazban Ogre, that card is awful, isn't it? I stole a lot of those in uh, Master's Edition. Yeah, you you win a lot of games off the back of that card if you're if you're ready for it. Yeah, it was uh, the two two for one G uh, for G, and uh, if you have less life than your opponent, no, it's whoever has whoever has the least amount of life has it control. No, whoever has the most life, most amount of life controls it. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, that's why it's good. So you get you it. You hit them once and then you give it away. That's what I thought it was. No. Yeah. I mean, no, like, you, I've never you, played with that card, so I, I just assumed that was the drawback. Yeah, no, no but, you like, get to beat face all day with that card. In, in Master's Edition, there were like all these cards that just did one damage for one, like Psychic Purge. So you just like, like they play that thing and you just tag them and get a 2 2. Nice. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well, anything else stand out in. Uh, in front of you guys there, or what? No, I'm just looking for stuff having to do with the graveyard. Not There's really lots of it. I thought you didn't look at these things. Oh, we goodness. corrupted you. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's actively bad for me, too. I just think it's a waste of time. But, hey, you know what? If you're going to provide entertainment for uh, all of our fantastic listeners, you might as well give it a run. Yeah. Yep. I'm not saying it's a waste of time for everyone. It's just not how I work. That's fair. All right. So, uh, so what else? Shoutouts in? Sure. Get to those. Call it a night. We've been uh, podcasting for shit nearly two hours here tonight. Yeah, yeah that's already. Awesome. 39.30. Love it. 9.30. Fucking West Coast. <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus Christ. Anyways, so uh, so yeah, so AJ, thanks so much for joining us again, man. Yeah, no problem. Awesome to have you. It was nice to uh, do it a bit more uh, off the cuff and informal tonight. It was a it was more of a hangout, so yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, next time you've got uh, something angry to say, do you know where to come? <laughs> Fair enough. If you actually say something angry, I mean, jeez. <laughs> Because we, we certainly can't talk about the things that make you angry. Yeah. Because that's, that's unprofessional. So and we, we understand that. This? No. Can we talk about this? No. Can we talk about this? No. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> we understand. Oh, yeah. That's not a big deal. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just giving you the business because I wanted to hear some angry AJ. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Yeah. Any scumbag stories since we've, seen you, since we've uh, spoken last? Um, I've got... A couple. I think I'll save them, though. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on! Just one! It's hard because uh, so many of them, from the story, you would immediately know who I was talking about. And well, I'm, you, try, I'm trying not to do that. Well, just don't say their name, and then it's totally left up to interpretation. <laughs> Um, Don't reference, like, if you go to this date at this GP and it was my feature match in round eight, yeah. I was playing against <laughs> yeah. some scrub. Like, just leave out the details ahead of that. It happened to be, yeah. yeah. Um, or just, just change the name to one of your friends that's not going to care. <laughs> like, um, I was playing against, you know, Bob Jones and... Yeah, I should just tell, I should just fill in um, Ali Andrazi's name for every... Yeah. Because that guy's a piece of shit. For every, every negative thing I have to say about anyone should just be about Ali now. I've been doing that since he was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'll tell one. Yay, one. It uh, better be good, though. So, yeah. uh, well, now the, the pressure's on. Uh, like a choice was, cut. There was one of these uh, Star City Opens. It was the, the draft portion. Uh, my friend makes it to the finals. And doesn't care about the points, but his opponent does. Uh, his opponent is a well-known or decently known person in the community. And so my friend says, I'll scoop to you. And you, look, we'll chop the money. I'll scoop to you. You can have the points. And I'll get, and I want the plaque. And guy's like, all right, fine. So they agree to it. And then they are sitting down and playing for, or maybe they're they're playing for the money is what's happening. Okay. They're they're playing for the money. So one says I want points. One says I want plaque. They agree. Now they're playing for the money. Correct. Okay. So they split the first two games. And game three, uh, the opponent has no pressure. And my friend plays a decimator web and activates it twice. And the guy can't do anything. He's just completely cold to it. Mm-hmm. So then my friend concedes because he doesn't want to kill the the other guy and then have it be him winning. Right. So he concedes, and the the other person goes and does his, like, you know, victory shot with the, the plaque and everything, and then doesn't give the plaque to him. Oh, no. After all of that, it's just like, no, man, you scooped. Oh, my oh, God. no. Yeah, when he was just, like, completely dead. 
Oh my god. That's fucking oh my yeah. god. That's terrible. And like my buddy that this Alex Bertoncini is an asshole. <laughs> The, the the friend that this happened to is just, like, nicest guy ever, been around forever, total ringer, doesn't come to tournaments, like, has a family, you know, just wanted the plaque, and this guy just... Totally screwed him out of it. Yeah, just didn't give it to him after they agreed to the deal. What a dipshit. Yeah. Wow. That was a good one. Thank you. I'm going to do right. that. I'm doing that next time. <laughs> the real reason we asked for the story is finally revealed. because it was me. <laughs> we, we need to find new and interesting ways to screw everyone yeah. out in public. Yeah, that's that's why we've started asking people for scumbag stories. <laughs> Just so that you can use them? Yep, so that we can be the scumbags. Yeah. <laughs> We'd say, yeah, AJ told me to do this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll be sure to give you more of those. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try and think of a couple more for for next time I come on. Nice. Uh, this we was, like them. I, I mean, I kind of like jumped on at the last second this time, so I wasn't too prepared. But I'll, I'll I'll be prepared, more prepared next time. Hopefully, my throat will be better as well. I just remembered, there's one more topic that we wanted to talk about that we didn't even touch on. And if you want to, like, just chime in with your five cents on it, that'd be cool. Planeswalker points. Ugh. Um, I think they're pretty dumb. Okay. Um, but I understand why Wizards did it. I think that there are some major flaws, the most important of which is that it doesn't weight bigger events properly, like GPs and PTs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they need to fix that pretty quickly uh, because that that's going to be a huge deal for a lot of people. I think that uh, the it favors people that don't have lives. Like, I feel bad for people with, you know, a family and a job. Because it yeah. used to be that you could go to a GP one weekend and qualify when you're working all the time, and that's yeah. no longer the case, and I think it should be. I don't think that Magic is a game for just grinders. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like that's, that's ultimately bad for the game, uh, even if it may turn a couple people who aren't quite grinders into grinders by, you know, making it tempting for them to. Uh, I don't think that that's really what magic should be, uh, what, what's in magic's best interest. I also think it heavily favors those who live in centralized places. Um, if you want to talk about the worldwide count, obviously anyone who's not in America gets a giant middle finger, uh, which yeah. is not okay. And I think that the people that live in, say, the Midwest, or, like, next door to a, a, a shop that has, you know, four tournaments a week or something, has a pretty significant advantage over someone like me who lives pretty far from anywhere where I could even FM even if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's really complicated. The ELO system was horrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't have changed anything. Uh, ELO, uh, the unweighted ELO was was really, really bad. Um, but I feel like no matter how 
much they're trying to avoid an internal feel bad for for playing you to get a balanced system you need to punish losing and obviously this new system doesn't do that it also has a bunch of uh unseen ramifications that i doubt uh, we're really taking into consideration like Everybody playing out every round means that tournament rounds now take upwards to an hour and 10 minutes rather than 55 minutes. There's also no punishment for dropping now or for not dropping. For not dropping, correct. Yeah. So that skews results a lot. Um, and, like, people at the Star City Open were not dropping from the Legacy doing the draft open. Then if they busted out of the draft open, going back into the Legacy. Yeah. Which... I I mean I I guess that's fine, but without punishing losing, you you set up a lot of these weird situations where even if you're gonna leave and have no intention of playing the rest of the rounds, you just stay in the tournament, and on the off chance that you get a buy and get plus nine planeswalker points, yeah, which that means that every round that you're in, somebody else gets a buy for getting paired against you when most likely they're there to play magic. You're actually, you're actually decreasing the amount of magic played for the people that aren't grinding for exactly that reason. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to see how it plays out. Um, at first I was actually okay with it because even though I haven't earned it, it qualified me for the last two pro tours Yeah, or would have. So I thought that it was going to be all good, and I was going to get a free roll to Hawaii, even though I haven't earned it. But uh, then with the Star City changes, I'm going to go to less of those. So it's so I'm actually not going to be getting that many Planeswalker points. So so it's not going to benefit me. But well, I, I guess so. Obviously, Wizards' incentive is to try to get people to grind more on the GP circuit instead and come off of the SUG circuit, right? Like that. That's the purpose to the point where it's not, I mean, it's the, the star city open series and the pro tour are not in direct competition. Um, they're actually trying pretty hard to stay out of each other's shoes or out of each other's way. And it's, uh, it's just that they don't want people not playing magic and they do want people going out of their way to play more magic. Right. Um, but I, I, I just really hate the idea of, quantity over quality. Um, if you look at the the leaderboards, it's absurd. You know, the leaderboards for the past two, quote, seasons, if they had mm-hmm. happened, it, it's ridiculous that somebody like Alex Bertoncini is 50 places above someone like Paulo Vitor Dama de Rosa. Yeah. That's not okay. That's not a, a, a system that gauges skill whatsoever. And uh, there's all the, there's, there's this weird stuff where Turian was saying that it is a gauge of skill, that they wanted it to be a gauge of skill, and Randy Bueller saying that there's no way it, it was uh, designed to test skill. Um, and, like, I got – I watched um, and participated a little in a Twitter conversation between uh, Kibler and Finkel. Uh, Jeff Cunningham was in it, I think. Uh, Rietzel chimed in, um, but yeah, it's just like very obvious that they're that the system is not set up in a way to find the best magic players. 
And I feel like a rank, rating and ranking system that has so much on the line, like qualifications and even flights for pro tours, should, should be measuring skill more than uh, amount played. But that, that's a personal thing. Uh, that might not be what's in the best interest of Watsi, uh, but there are a couple things that I feel that they do need to tweak, and it's brand new. They haven't even used it for one pro tour yet, so hopefully they'll yeah. fix it as they go. Uh, I, I'm trying not to, to freak out too much, but uh, so far I, I am a little a little nervous about it. I think it's safe to say that you know they've accomplished a lot of their goals in changing the system. Um, that you know those goals, like you said, being encouraging people to play more magic, uh, you know, not forcing people to sit on their ratings if they want to qualify for tours, you know, actually being able to play more regularly, um, providing a bit more accessibility to the the grinders on the circuit, you know, give them a better shot at at getting up. So that that's fine, I think. Uh, the challenge, like you said, is the people that happen to be locationally challenged yeah. or or occupationally challenged yeah. in and terms of time. And and those those people obviously are, are going to have to be addressed. Um, and I think that you're right. I think it's just a matter of time. This there was a great debate uh, podcast number six, I think, that they put out and they talked about this. And I think it summed up really well to say like, you know, the ELO was bad with with some good redeeming qualities, whereas I think this is overall a good idea with some gaping holes that need to be filled. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just think it's really, really bad for the game if somebody who has a 40% win rate gets qualified in a flight to a pro tour. That's fair. That, that is something I, I don't want to... Just because they played 10 times as much magic as the person underneath them. Yeah, exactly. Understood. All right. And, like, I, I also like the fact that if I lose in a tournament, I can leave. Like, I can go do another draft. You're not forced to sit in it. I understand. Yeah, but now, like, if I were to try to qualify, I would literally have to play every single round of every single tournament to try and grind out points. Um, it also brings up this whole collusion thing. Mm-hmm where it's really, really easy for people who don't care about qualifying to just scoop to people who do. Right. Whereas with ELO, there was a punishment for scooping. There's no punishment for scooping anymore. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I think that, like, I have a lot of love for Mike Turian. Um, he's just, like, one of the nicest and smartest people I've ever met and knows how to design tournament cards uh, and can still sling a spell. He hasn't lost a step, but I don't know if he was the right person for this project. Right. Uh, I think that somebody with, like, a chess background or, or, or a go background or backgammon background that has more familiarity with proper ranking systems or even, like, a a finance background, like, I don't know, that there's there's so many fields that have the intense math that can set up a system that does what you want it to, but I'm pretty sure almost all of them punish losing in some way, which is what they were trying to avoid. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll just have to see. Well... We'll play it all by ear, but uh, I think that uh, at the end of the day, you're right. It's it's uh, we'll see. They they I think they have been listening very 
closely to the feedback that's been coming out and hope we just got to hope they fix it because then we'll get to where we all want to be. Yeah. Like I think, um, I think there was a weighted ELO system with decay that, uh, I I looked at again. I I mean, I'm a high school dropout. I don't, I I don't know the, the math, but I, I read up on it, uh, when somebody suggested it, uh, a couple years back and it actually looked really, really good. Um, so maybe I should look for that article again and, and send it to some people. Um, there's also, there's just so many examples like StarCraft, for yeah. example, with, um, their, their like bonus pool accumulation. Uh, and then they reset at seasons just like magic. So it, there's no inflation, but then that also demands that you play a certain amount, uh, okay. to, to be highly rated. Uh, so, uh, like a system like that would be really good. Yeah, I mean, this is the, we've been going for almost two hours now, and it's almost like it's we we can almost fill a whole of the cast. Yeah, exactly, the exactly. Like it's it's a big deal, but I I'm really glad we were able to just you know get your quick opinion on it because yeah, I also feel like I have a lot more to say about this and a lot more intelligent things to say about this than I did about the spoilers. Yeah, no, I know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we, we kind of have to sit back and go, I mean, it's a, it's almost similar to the, to the spoilers. We don't have the actual end results yet, right? Like, we don't, yeah. we haven't seen, you know, how this is actually going to impact the Pro Tour, like you said. And I think exactly. at that but, point, it's, it'll be, it's, it's a whole other cause for discussion. Right. We, we saw, we saw what the results would have been for the past two seasons. Yeah. And that, rightfully so, caused a lot of uproar that, uh, I mean, the, I have nothing against the people that were up there, but they aren't the people that should be up there. But um, but people didn't take into consideration that that's when nobody knew about the system, and now mm-hmm. if they do, it's not going to be exactly the same. So I don't think that there should be an uproar over what the results would have been if the system were in place when it wasn't in place. Uh, but I, I, I do think that we should keep a close eye on it for, for when, now that it is in place, see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Voice is dying. (laughs) Well then quickly give a couple quick shout outs then. Um, you go first. Um, so I think we, uh, shout out to everyone that's, uh, Wanted to offer help for Grand Prix Montreal. Uh, being a father comes first, and tragically, I'm not able to make it. And so, sorry about that. Um, I guess uh, thank you for coming again, like we said. And uh, fuck you, KYT, for not being here on time. We did just fine without you, so suck it. <laughs> um, Smitty, you're uh, a vapid ginger. And uh, I'm done. That's a wife plug. Those are some, those are some hard, hard-hitting shout-outs. Well, you know, we like to bring it. Fair <laughs> enough. Go ahead, AJ. All right. Um, first, big hearts to StarCityGames.com. Uh, the open series is still awesome. The content is still awesome. If you don't have premium, you're a buffoon. Um, I want to give my personal love and thankfulness to the glove club and you can follow me on twitter at hudbot hud bot um my articles are on star city oh i actually just got a youtube channel or my ajtv up on the youtube channel i've only done two episodes 
but now they're both up there, and hopefully a third one will be coming out soon, so look for that. And if you haven't listened to the last time I was on this podcast, go do that, because that was a lot of fun, and so was this. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it, AJ. Jay, what do you got for us? Uh, shout out to AJ for coming on. Thanks. Shout out to Chris Lansdale for some reason. Shout out to Blister Guy who lives in Australia and is live tweeting the squatters uh, that are over a building or two from where he is getting fucking beat down by riot cops. <laughs> um. And then uh, shout out to nah, fuck everybody else. That's that's enough. Nice, nice. All right, guys. Well, that being the case, we'll wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening, and uh, catch us next time. Talk to you soon. Zippity doo dah.